What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to the latest Matt Russell Project. It's The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, it's part two of my conversation about the stock market with my good friend Rob Abitangelo. Things are getting weird in self-isolation, and with no sports available to bet on, I've dove headlong into the world of Wall Street and I've been studying the stock market and what seems to be a really unique time to get involved. Rob knows a lot more about this stuff than I do, so he lets me bounce my theories and my observations off of him. And we get a little more specific in part two about industries and companies and how this pandemic has manipulated the market. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome again to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. In part one of my conversation with Rob, learning the stock market. And I spent basically four weeks without sports. So what am I going to do? You know, how am I going to spend my day? Uh, I'm used to pouring over uh, spreadsheets and stats and whatnot. So how do I replace that? Well, the natural replacement the stock market. Now, I don't know anything about the stock market. We talked about how in uh, part one, how little I know about the stock market and how everything works. Um, That being said, I decided to immerse myself in the sort of Wall Street culture, the Wall Street media coverage. Uh, And then of course that brought about a million questions which I bounced off of Rob. Started comparing sports betting in the stock market, talked about the media's coverage of it, and various other observations stemming from that immersion. Uh, This went on for a while, so we had to make this a two-parter. Bad news is there was a chunk that we taped that had major audio issues, a full echo chamber situation that we only really discovered after about 20-25 minutes of taping. So there's a lost 20-25 minutes in there. Fortunately, most of part two was salvageable, but here's what had to go in the trash. Basic summary of that sort of 20 minutes. Uh, we talked about the problem. The problem being that there, you know, without any sports, uh, you know, what was I going to do? Not having anything to bet on. And then I essentially gave Rob my thesis of the now versus normal. We talked about that a little bit more. Uh, and now meaning, you know, now it's a different time. It's a, it's a, it's a strange, unique time with regards to the stock market in that everything sort of fell off the table there, uh, at the end of, uh, you know, February, early March. And then, you know, there's sort of this now window period of time where we have to sort of rally up to get back to normal. So it's a now versus normal is sort of the thesis. And the normal would be that, you know, when you're buying and selling trading stocks, you're evaluating the stats and the comp of the companies and you're comparing companies within industry versus comparing industry to industry. And what we're doing now is we're comparing industry to industry. What industries, you know, are actually benefiting from COVID-19, what are of course getting hurt by it. Some, you know, are getting hurt by it a ton, some not as much. Uh, and it's sort of kind of coming up with a logical element to that. So we're going to talk more about that in part two. So you're not going to miss out on much of that. Uh, We sort of talk about the markets going up with a lack of rhyme or reason for a little bit here uh, and then sort of coming back down. And it doesn't really seem to relate to news necessarily in the same way, you know, that it did when this all sort of happened. And 
know, we talk about when, when the markets move, they all sort of move together, right? Everything kind of either goes up and everything goes down. There's not really a spot where you're picking and choosing and how that is going to benefit someone like me who doesn't know what he's doing, kind of coming in, and I don't have to know, you know, P.E. ratios and, you know, debt and all of this sort of stuff that most of the time this stuff is... You know, that stuff is important and it's just less important now. We already know that, you know, like, all of the employment is going to be just atrocious. And we all know that the uh, earnings uh, announcements are just going to be a disaster. And so, you know, none of this is news, right? And so everything is built more on sentiment and optimism or pessimism with regards to COVID-19 as it goes forward, right? So it becomes in a way simpler. It's not necessarily easy because we don't seem to know on for any given day what's going up or what's going down, but there seems to be a volatility and hopefully long-term everything's going up, which should make this a little more simpler, you know, where it's going to be, I don't want to say difficult to screw up, but like you're kind of buying low, kind of no matter when you're buying, even if there's going to be a couple of even lower points as we go here. So, you know, there's timing the market, uh, you know, say last year, you're trying to time something low, time something uh, high if you're shorting it or if you're selling. But here it's sort of like just grab where you can and it's just, you know, kind of just going to depend on what price you get. But there's always going to be a good price. So there's going to be a good price essentially across the board with very little research relative to what normally would be going on, what the normal professional stock traders would be doing right now. It's It becomes a little more simple in that we are so low. So we hit this low and everything's on its way back up eventually. And that might take longer than maybe even I think it's going to. Um, but if this hadn't happened, like, wouldn't we still be just kind of cooking along here with relative highs, right? And so if you remove COVID, whether that happens, you know, a month from now or a year from now, and everything goes away, in theory, you know, things will get back to normal. And so we talk about how there's a you know, ton of room between now and even 75% of the quote unquote new normal. The difference between crashes and of the past that had something to do with the actual economic you know situation right something happened economically and that created the crash well this didn't there was nothing built into this that was you know a disaster it was a disaster from the outside essentially right and so once that disaster gets removed then you know we should be in decent shape so and then we talk about how stocks are essentially for sale right it's no different than walking into your favorite store and seeing a bunch of stuff on sale that if you came back the next week it would be considerably higher so uh, my idea that sports coming back is the first sign that we're going to be on our way back up and more stabilized right and so it sort of times out well for me in that i can do this between now and when sports come back again and sort of ride the wave, you know, on its way up. Now there'll be dips and that's kind of ideal for me. The best case for me is something that is $30, that goes to 39, goes back to 30 and then goes back to 39 and so on and so forth. And then sort of slowly goes up from there. And so there will be winning streaks and there will be losing streaks. And we talk about how, you know, the irony of course, that that's a sports term as well. And so 
for him, for Rob, as a long-term investor, he's looking to rebounce. He's looking to cost average. So he's already been in the market. He's, you know, unfortunately, you know, felt the fall, but he's able to buy again where he's buying to re-average what the price is are for his individual stock. So if he bought something at 200, it's fallen down to 100, he's going to buy more. And if he can buy as much as he got at 100 as he could at 200, then he's looking at a new investment price of 150. So now it really only has to get back to 175, right? That 75% mark that we're talking about for him to make a decent amount of money on that. And so you know, you're looking at that and you're going, well, who are we going to do that with? And we talk about you know, we spoke about some really good companies here and where we'll pick up the rest of part two is sort of at the tail end of a discussion about McDonald's and how if McDonald's, you know, McDonald's not going anywhere. And as McDonald's goes down, you're, he's willing to grab, grab, grab and take all of the McDonald's basically. And because he knows at the end of this, whether that's a year from now, two years from now, 20 years from now, he knows that McDonald's is still going to be around and still going to have sort of a strong base of which he's working on. And so we'll get a little bit more specific with regards to companies and industries and that sort of thing in the rest of uh, part two, the part two that survived the audio disaster. Um, you know, but what you missed essentially was us talking about uh, we decide when the game ends here. And that's the difference between this and sports betting. And so with us deciding when this game ends, and it's sort of an open-ended game, whereas in sports, you know, you could have the best bet in the world, but if you, you know, the clock goes, goes zero and you don't get the f five minutes of overtime to make, you know, have your team come out on top or, or you know, however you want to put it with regards to a point spread, maybe you need, you know, the, the overtime to cover a point spread as a favorite, so on and so forth, you know, we get to decide when we're done. And so it might you know, it might take two years for a stock to get to where we want it to go, but we can wait out that stock. And so uh, where we'll pick it up here is talking about McDonald's and it going down and it, using McDonald's essentially as a placeholder for sort of good, stable company uh, as something that, you know, you're just going to keep buying. You're just going to keep grabbing it and you're going to keep, um, you know, rebalancing and uh, essentially keeping, you know, your investment in there, uh, not unlike a futures bet, uh, essentially same thing as, you know, when we're buying Kentucky or Michigan State and we're getting them at a good price after they go down, you know, to a three-game losing streak and their, their sort of value gets a little bit better. It's the same thing, right? The value improves, improves as you cost average uh, your investment here. So uh, we're going to pick it right back up with Bobo, uh, part two right now. All right, and we're back with Bobo talking stocks. And before the break, we were talking about sort of McDonald's and the idea that, you know, under sort of no circumstance is, you know, McDonald's going to fail. And McDonald's is something that at least you're willing to bet on long term. And even if it keeps going down, you're just going to hold, you're going to hold, you're going to hang on to it because, you know, at the other end of this, you know, on the, like I said earlier about the end of the rainbow, you know, when all this is done, you know, a company like McDonald's is going to thrive, right? And it has, it's of any company really, or just as much as any company, it has a chance to get back to where it was in January. And so it's funny that we 
have different strategies. And, and for those who sort of, you know, haven't kind of figured out what I'm doing, it's, you know, for the next three or four months, the idea is between now and when sports come back to get in on the lows and get out on the highs, in on the lows, out on the highs and take small profits over and over and over again and not be overly leveraged on anything. And, you know, if something needs to take a little bit longer to realize the profit that I'm, you know, trying to get, then I will because I'm just that stubborn of an SOB. But I've also created uh, essentially a model that has for at least 75 stocks, 75 companies, it's got low ends, it's got high ends. And so if you know, I can sort of ride those highs and those lows that have shown over the course of the last few weeks sort of post-crash with an eye on getting back to at least a certain percentage of where it was in early March, not even necessarily January, because, you know, in, you could make the case that we'll never get back to the highs that we were in in January. I mean, you can make the case. We're certainly not hoping for that. But at least to try to be as conservative as possible, I would say you know, let's try to get back to where these stock prices were in early March. And if you want to do this on your own at home, feel free to do it. It's a fun little exercise. Grab your stock app, go, here's a handful of companies. And they can be, you know, brand names that you know, everything, you know, you've, you've been familiar with your whole life, or you can grab a little, some small companies in there as well and check it out. But you'll see in a lot of cases that these companies were going along at a certain price for an extended period of time. And then once late February hit, it dipped. And then March, it dipped further and then full-blown crashed in the middle of March. And then almost in, I shouldn't say all, but in most cases, they moved back up shortly thereafter and are sort of hovering right now in that sort of middle ground, still between the low and still between even where they were in March on March 6th. And so do it, do it as a practice, do it as, you know, somebody, if you're, if you bet on sports, you should be tracking what you've bet on, how you're doing in all of the sports, right? You should be well-versed in spreadsheets and this is no different. And this in a lot of ways sort of fills that gap and fills that time that I would normally be working on a spreadsheet for sports betting. I'm now doing it with wall street stuff. And so Rob here has got long-term goals where he's looking to he knows what the lows are. He knows what, you know, you know what price you want at various companies that you want them. And you're looking to hit them. You're going to grab them when they get there, right? So, so what are those, some of those companies, right? Like on my list, sort of very easily, it's like Nike, McDonald's, Starbucks, Home Depot. And there's sort of like a secondary level where it's got like Lululemon, um, Yum Brands, Constellation Brands, like some of those uh, types of deals like well, you know what are some of the bigger brand names just to give people as an example of like what they can chart and what they can look at uh, if they wanted to sort of do this at home oh yeah I mean well there's uh there's so many I look I I, I agree I, the first thing I would say is the, actually the one thing that our systems have in common is that the, the there's sort of like a if you get into investing even if it's short term you basically should be looking at what's your goals what's your timeline and what's your risk tolerance. And that's no different if you're short-term or long-term. So that's mm -hmm. sort of the same thing for you and for me and answer those three questions. And you can go from there. If your risk tolerance is low, then yeah, the companies you just mentioned, most of them would be good, would be good if your risk tolerance is low, because now the only thing is if you're, but if you're, it has to match your timeline. So if your timeline's short, right. 
companies like that may not have the same bounce, what we call bounce in the, you know, in the financial world, which essentially is when you get a big, like they uh, they call it a dead cat bounce. That's actually the full term. Yep. Uh, It's a terrible expression, but no, uh, I use that term for hot, like in sports as well though. Right. Right. So they call it a dead cat bounce, which is essentially when the market drops big time and then you get a huge kick usually the next day or the next week or something. And it's literally just because things took such a beating that you're like, Hey, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get in on this, you know, and that's kind of what you're talking about. That's the whole premise. Um, When a team goes down three, nothing in a playoff series, right. They almost always win that game four. you know, a lot of times it's at home because they're, you know, usually the worst team. Right. And like, that's the dead cat bounce in sports, right. Where it's like the team that's up three, nothing kind of takes their foot off the gas and the team that's down. Oh, three, if they have any heart whatsoever, they go out like balls to the wall and they get that one win. And then it goes back to game five and they get not to get off topic, but it was like when the chiefs played the Titans and you and I were totally during the game and they went down, I think it was 21, seven or something. We, you and I both knew were like, this isn't like, this isn't going to last. And sure sure enough, they, you know, they were down 21-7 after one quarter, and we're like, yeah, here comes the dead cap bounce. And sure enough, they ended up going on like a 50-point well, run. Or and... I'd even say like <laughs> Kansas City like got on the run because they're the better team, and then like Tennessee gets one touchdown in the second half after they're already down three touchdowns. Yeah. It's like that's the dead cap bounce and that they're and so like, that's, that's okay. no different than McDonald's yeah. or companies like that taking a beating over the last six weeks and kicking and you're sitting there going, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Like this is a rock-solid behemoth of a company. And probably one of the top 10 or 15 companies, if, if you had a gun to my head and said you could only hold 10 companies for the rest of your life, they would probably be one of them that I think is going to end up higher now than where it will be in 20 years. And at a, you know, at a better than the index, it's going to essentially outpace the index, which is something that long-term investors often talk about is mm-hmm. uh, you want to outpace the index. You want to have stocks that do better than the index. If not, then why are you even in buying individual companies? You might as well just right. buy the whole index. Um, and yeah, I, I would say companies that, I love, I tend to, most of them are names that people would know. So like mm-hmm. the uh, McDonald's and the Microsoft's and the Apple's and the Google's, uh, a few lesser like secondary ones, like ones you mentioned would be TAP, which is Molson Coors, which is in the same family okay. as Constell- Constellation Brands. Yeah. Um, and again, if you're a long-term investor, a lot of people, you're looking for diversification in sector. Mm-hmm. And you're also looking for uh, some that pay you a good dividend. Mm-hmm. some that are higher risk and some that are low like you want to unless you're super conservative yeah. you want to have some that are you know you want to have some that are obviously uh, more pay you a good you know might not go up at the same clip but over mm-hmm. a long haul they're good but then you want to have some and you want to have some risky investments too because those are the ones that could potentially pay off for you in a bigger way as long as you understand that you know i wouldn't put all my eggs in those baskets because they are riskier by nature well let's get let's get a little spicier here and let's and you talked about sure. sectors and so let's talk about, you know, you and I both love, love traveling and the travel sector, of course, is taking an absolute beating for obvious reasons, right? People yeah. don't want to get on planes. They're not even really allowed to get on planes, right? They don't, they can't stay at hotels. Uh, and then of course there's the cruise ship situation. And so, uh, you know, and of course even Boeing, who of course, you know, builds the planes that these, that, that these companies are flying you know, a lot of these companies, of course, have taken a beating, but will return, you know, to a, to a degree and probably in full. Like to me, airlines, of course, have the best chance to come back in full once this is all over, right? You and I are going to get back on airplanes. 
whenever this is done, right? Because mm-hmm. we love going places, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you have ties to South Africa, you know, I'll hop on a plane for a weekend to go to, you know, any amount of sporting yeah, events. Yeah, I think most and, people are going to be sort. fine with, with getting back on a plane. Yeah, so, exactly. And of course, staying at a hotel and so on and so forth, right? And I would even throw casinos into the mix, right? One of the most publicized sort of things that's happened here is that Vegas has basically shut down, right? And of course, that's near and dear to a lot of people who are listening heart in that like obviously we like to bet and so you know the people who make yearly trips to vegas and it's a ghost town right now they literally have to had to put locks on doors that didn't have locks it's a 24 7 place uh, right if if i'm if i'm listening to this podcast and i'm in the same group as as you the host Mm -hmm. as someone who's looking to you know you're looking for an avenue right now an outlet because sports is not you can't bet on anything so you're you're thinking yeah that's a good idea i'm going to start doing what matt says and start tracking some short-term potential stock plays I would say the airline or travel industry is probably not your best bet because when numbers start being released a month, two months, three months sure. from now, those numbers are going to be ugly. And we, well, we so know me, that. Yeah. But... Let me ask you about that because in, in, in a way it's been the same thing with like the unemployment stuff, right? And the job loss numbers. And mm-hmm. it's like, normally, if this was a normal situation, again, now versus normal, in a normal situation, if they said, oh, yeah, blah, 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 X amount of jobs, absurd amount of jobs are gone, yada, 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 it'd be like, oh, my God, this is where sort of the recession hits and everything sort of, you know, goes down. But now, because of the circumstance that we're in, people just kind of shrug. And it seems like the market kind of shrugs at those at those job loss numbers right now, because it's like no, you know, uh, earmuffs well, to out be there, earmuffs out there, folks. But it's like no shit. Yeah, like of course, you know, like of course. Well, there's an jobs expression. There's and an so, expression in the stock market world that sometimes bad news is priced into the stock price. The problem is that doesn't always tend to pan out as being actually true. Because I, again, a lot of things trade on sentiment. So they'll say, oh. But when the numbers come out for Delta or Northwest or mm-hmm. for, uh, I don't know, whatever, like United, another big Air travel Canada, company, United, Alaska. Yeah, sure. they're going to say, well, that's already been priced into the stock. But I would, if I was a betting man, and we are in, yeah. a, in, a, yeah. in different ways, yeah. I would say that the stock is still going to take a bit of a beating when those numbers come out. So then, you know, I would be saying, remember three months ago when you told me, well, that's kind of baked into the price now because it's taken such a hit. Sure. That hit was because people are forecasting that the next two quarters are going to be really bad for Air Canada. And yet, okay, if that was true, then shouldn't the stock essentially stay flat when the numbers come up? But you and I both know it's not going to stay flat. It's going to go down. Yeah, I mean, I would think that. I would think that. But like, again, I would think that every day stocks would go down, essentially, over the last two weeks. If you're looking literally day to day, yes, it could have a big bounce. But if you're saying, oh, I like what Matt's pitching, maybe I'll try it and maybe I'll buy this one like GE or I'll buy Air Canada and it doesn't do what I want, so I'll hold it for a month. Mm -hmm. In a month, Air Canada could be even lower delta could be even oh lower. sure 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 and listen like, i'm not yeah. talking about a month right i'm saying like this is a thing that like so for me i don't have any i'm not, you know i'm not looking even looking right now at the travel thing I, I i watch them because i'm like i don't understand how these go up because in a lot of cases on a semi-daily basis they go up and then when they do go up they go up huge so in part i watch them because i go man if i could ever get this figured out even in the slightest where I go, okay, so let's like use Delta, for instance, right? So the support Mm -hmm. seems to happen at about $21, right? And the resistance seems to happen just before it gets to $30. So that's Mm -hmm. a pretty big gap that if, and on these 
days, like they literally jump that or pretty close to that on a daily basis. They will jump for, you know, $5 on a daily basis. And I'm sitting there going like, how is that even possible? Right. And the problem the, is there's no rhyme or reason to there's it. No rhyme reason. So, there's no rhyme. Or reason. So you might and be the sitting best, there going like, if uh, the best I, example yeah, yeah. is Carnival, Carnival Cruise. Right? Oh. <laughs> Talk to me about Carnival Cruise. What a mess. Well, so, I mean, that's so, just... and that's what I wanted. Like, and that to me is the best example where you go, okay, Carnival went down to $8 but it also right, goes right. up to $17. That's a hundred plus percent. And then back down. Yeah. And it's 1130 right now. And like, I wouldn't be shocked if it went back up because I, I I'm, I'm ready for anything at this point. Right. And so, and I was, and so I look at it and I, and for me, I wasn't looking to get on a cruise ship beforehand. So I'm definitely not looking. I'm never getting on a cruise ship now. I don't think you're <laughs> looking to get on a cruise ship at any point no. in time, right? No. But I do have friends and I know people who swear by cruises. And yep. I've heard that. To be honest with you, the cruise industry before this happened mm-hmm. was actually doing incredibly well. And I'm not referring sure. to the stock. Yeah, they were doing well also. If you look at right up to the end of 2019, they were doing great. But sure. I actually felt... I, I mentioned this to you in private a couple of days ago, and it's, and it's true. I'll stand by what I'm saying. Yeah, let I it out. The stocks, but I was looking at these as serious buys towards the end of 2019. And I watched them go up and go up and go up over the last five years, and especially over the last quarter of last year. And I thought, oh, man, I'm missing the boat on these. No pun intended. Sure. And then loved it. And then I'm, uh, yeah, that actually wasn't. And then so, you know, I'm looking at these going, oh, man, I missed out. I never realized I couldn't see. And I and I. With it, you know, I say this. I'm sure most people couldn't see what what was going to happen. I never. They have one flaw: a pandemic, so to speak, or in the <laughs> right. sense that it's such a volatile yeah. industry. Where, when and it, it's the thing is, it's taken such a hit. It they're not. I would veer away from them as opposed to like sure. an airline. And the reason I say that is because an airline, I feel like, has more staying power. Yes. Like, and and a government is going to bail out a major airline. Well, and that's it's, and it's, that's it's, right. it's become a necessity of our life. Yeah, that's my cruises, point, right? Is like you and I will still get on an airplane. So I'm I'm looking at the airlines. But you don't have to get on a cruise ship. And not only no. that, these cruise ships aren't going anywhere, as I said to you. But is it going to be Royal Caribbean's name on it? I don't know. They could sure. go belly up and be bought out in six months. Right. So. That scares me. So as an investor, I'm not going anywhere near it. Yes. You and I are terrified of the cruise ship thing, right? But, and so my point is sort of... Look, if you have a strong appetite for risk, (laughs) then then Carnival and and Royal Caribbean and Norwegian are excellent plays. If you can can stomach some short-term risk, you could make a killing on these stocks. And the other thing is, I'm sure if you've been following them, and you have, mm -hmm. you'll notice that the moves are much greater that's what i'm companies. saying that's what i'm saying and and part of the and part of the reason is because of the volume they get traded at like yesterday and this was as you mentioned earlier this is being recorded on tuesday night on monday carnival was the most traded stock in america <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was the it had the highest volume and that's not normal so it, it's not <laughs> emily and i were talking Everybody about this and their sister was buying and selling carnival e- stock right monday. and that's so, what i mean like if for me with the the lows of where they where they go and the highs of where they go. If it wasn't for the fact that at any given moment I feel like they could go bankrupt, that would be the type of stock that I would look at. And I go, I but but my sense is that like there's no way people would get back on a cruise ship. Here's the thing though, my sense was also that nobody on their right mind would vote for Donald Trump four years ago mm-hmm. and they did. And so what my point is, is you and I can sit here and be like, I'm not getting on a cruise ship. And I can sit here with my, you know, my lady and be like, and she'll be like, I'm not getting on a cruise ship, but I'm like, Hey, you've got friends who are cruise ship 
people like are they going to get on she's like oh i've already asked them and they're totally getting back on so my point have, is i didn't think they'd be who have become huge cruises yeah. they're like um, they're my age and they've been on like 10 cruises already so my point like, is it's just because you and i don't necessarily you know it's again the same deal as it was with voting and other you know there's certainly more than just trump scenarios out there but like just because you and i don't know these people doesn't mean that they don't exist because you and i travel and we keep the certain people that we let, you know, you'd say like-minded people around us, right? That's just how the world works, right? And so we're not factoring in necessarily the people in, I don't want to just say a random state, but I don't know, Alabama, who, you know, think, who don't care that like cruise ships are Petri dishes, right? Like Emily and I are talking about it and she turns to me and she goes, it was a category of like, it was basically being treated like a country at one point when they were talking about COVID cases. Like the COVID cases were like China, Korea, United States, Oh yeah, cruise and that boat off the coast of Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like cruise China. ships was a was a category, and you're like, what? How are people well, going to do called this? Little cities on on the ocean. Of so, course, I mean, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's yeah. like, yeah, no, you and I won't do it. She won't do it. But like other people will, and so it doesn't really matter whether we will or we won't. But of course, yeah, like in my but sense, see, most people travel or fly out of necessity. Yeah, nobody goes on a cruise out of necessity, and that's no, part of the problem I totally. see with it. So it's. It's no one has to go on a cruise. Listen, it was gaining like a lot of younger people have have grown very fond of cruises up yeah. until two months ago. And that's why it was doing so well. Right. It wasn't just my parents and my grandparents going on cruises anymore. I knew a lot of younger people, sure. uh, guys who we used to work with who yep. were become avid cruisers. And I was like, really? I'm like, in your 30? <laughs> sure. Like, OK, uh, yeah, teach their own, I guess. But that's like, how you know, fundamentally that's how stubborn people are. Right. And it's whether, you know, you're, you're talking about politics and voting or whether they're just habitual. Right. Like you could make the same case for gyms, right? That like, that's a Petri dish as well. But like, God knows when they open the gym back up, I'm going back oh, in because I'm dying. It's going to be mayhem. <laughs> it's gonna, it's, the gyms are going to be mayhem. Mayhem, right? But like, people are just going to go back to doing what they do. And so you're right. Like you and I completely agree fundamentally with like our stance on the cruise ship and the difference between cruise ships and airlines. It's just... I, like the understanding that like people are doing stuff that you and I can't even wrap our head around out there. And so, yeah, I'm looking at specifically, I'm looking at airlines, but I'm looking at them not to do them now, even though they are things that fluctuate on a day-to-day -day basis that would theoretically fit my profile. But there's also a very real possibility that I could buy it tomorrow at what I see as a buy price, right? Like if Delta, for example, fundamentally at anything at $25, I think Delta is a buy, right? It's at $22 right now. So in mm -hmm. theory, mm -hmm. I should be buying that because I also see that, like we just talked about, the resistance is up at 30. So I think it, based on pattern and the literally the last two weeks, it will potentially go up to 28, 29, et cetera, right? But I'm also terrified that the second I, bet, I buy it at 22, it goes down to 15 and it stays there. Well, I was just going to say, really, I wouldn't really be surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised. I would, I would not be surprised at all to. if it went to 17. But I would, have expected there to, for three months. I would have expected to do it two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And so when you talk about like it being baked into the price, here comes the sports comparison, right? Thursday night football game, uh, quarterback X, let's, I don't know, call him Jimmy G, for instance, you know, mm -hmm. gets banged up on Sunday. He's, you know, my boy, he's out. Right. He's out for he can't he, you know, if it was Sunday, oh. he could play. But it's Thursday night. He Don't can't play. That. 
And who's the who's the backup quarterback? Hell, he came in. What was it? A Monday nighter? Who's the guy? Who's the backup for the 49ers? The kid who like uh, nobody had ever heard geez. of. And he came no, in. I can't even remember. To be I honest. know people are again. This is another situation where people are screaming at the at the, at the podcast. But um, <laughs> remember, he came in. It was like a Monday night, and it was like everybody thought he was going to stink, right? And then he was very good, and they beat the Giants. I think it was. Oh right, I you know what I'm that. talking about. Yeah. I think he actually yeah, yeah, played. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, he ended up playing. I, I think the rest of the year after Jimmy G got hurt last year. So we really should have this kid, this kid's name off the top of our we head. Should, we should. But it's getting late, and whatever. It's not. It's not our fault. So anyway, okay. so my point is that I remember that Monday night game for instance, against the Giants. And when that when it was announced, yeah, he's not, you know, Jimmy G's not going to play, or whoever the quarter starting quarterback was at the time. I'm not even sure it was Jimmy G. But any any quarterback, any starting quarterback gets ruled out for a Thursday night game, right? And the point spread flies from 49ers favored by five points to all of a sudden they're underdogs, right? Because the mm-hmm. quarterback mm-hmm. is out. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing. And you can literally show up and go, whoa, wow, the Falcons are favored by two and a half. Oh, and they're only going up against the 49ers quarterback. Like, I'm going to bet on the Falcons here. But the right. point is, everybody knows the quarterback's out already. It's already baked into the line, right? You would and think. So, you would think. And so that's, that's the parallel here where we go, yeah, the airlines, like why they're still in the 20s right now, United and Delta, why they're still in the 20s right now, and why Air Canada went up today, and why United went up today. Like, I don't understand that, right? But sensically in our minds like we go i can't touch that because i know it's going down it has to but the people who are who are who, who've moved carnival for instance from eight dollars to 11 are going yeah it's baked in and every all of this stuff is if i if you know it and i know it everybody knows it it's public information it just got to a point with eight dollars where it was like you know what i don't care like it's eight bucks same thing with Luke and well, Coffee, I, right? I would say you've sort of just you've just sort of hit the nail on the head in terms of one of the big parallels between sports betting and, and stocks or anything else for that matter is as soon as you think you have it somewhat figured out, you're more than likely going to get going to get it right in your face. Yeah, like, and so, that's why I'm not looking I, to bet, to I bet on Delta. Me two weeks ago, going, "Oh my God, Rob, are you seeing Carnival? It's at eight bucks. I think I should buy." And sure enough, it doubled and went back up. And if you had bought it in the short term, you could have doubled your yeah. money, which is crazy in like a week or right. two. But at the same time, if looking back, I don't regret not buying it at all, even at eight no. months, because it could have just as easily gone to six, and I lost twenty five percent in like a day, yeah. and there's nothing stopping that from having happened. Like I didn't, especially I'd when be totally lying, especially when your sense happen. of it is the opposite of what you're doing, right? If you're if even if like you could, you know, eight dollars, you like you said, you buy it, it goes up to fifteen, that's right, and then it goes back to, and it goes down to you know six or whatever, and now you're kicking yourself because you're like. I just lost money on, like, I'll, I, I can lose money on my convictions. You know what I mean? Like, I can easily lose money, whether it's betting on sports or betting on the stock market. I can lose my money on convictions just as, you know, mm-hmm. quite easily. But to lose my money going against my convictions is really stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And I think that's another good parallel between sports betting. And sure. Sports, if you're if you do it for a living or if you do it passionately like I do it and you're ready you're really into it and you follow it daily and weekly, if you're making sound decisions and you're sticking to your plan even in times like this, and then you're wrong, mm-hmm. then then you feel bad. But if you're going against your gut where you don't you wouldn't have touched Carnival and the only reason you're buying it is because it's taken such a beating, but you still actually don't like it, but right. you're thinking, Wow, I'm just gonna buy it on the sentiment that it's gotta go back up and then it doesn't, yeah. you're you feel like such you feel a doubly cool. stupid. You're sitting there going yeah. 
you're like, what am I doing? Like, I knew I yeah. shouldn't touch this. And yet I, and yet I you did. literally bet against you yourself know, and, and you it, still lost. And you're like, wow. And with all due respect, even if it goes up and you make money, that was essentially a lucky <laughs> bet. Like that was just, <laughs> totally. you just, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't based on sound reasoning. That was just based on, well, I'm going to take a shot. Right. And so when I so wake up, I try to stay away from when that. I wake up and I see these airlines going up like they did today and carnival going up, <laughs> I, it's literally the exact same as a bad beat in football or something right where you're like leading the whole way you're covering a spread by two touchdowns you know what i mean you have the favored mine at seven and a half they're up 21 points for the whole game and then just Looking and then golden. just yeah you're you're killing you're fine and then four minutes to go because the team the underdog just won't quit and even though the favorite like half the you know the entire starting lineup is out of the game mm-hmm. and you know what i mean the, the other team gets a couple of touchdowns because they threw the backup in mm-hmm. he threw a pick six or something stupid like that and you're literally just going like yeah i got backdoored it's the exact it's the same thing you're like i can you know i can be right and still lose so why would i be right you know what i mean and like and like why would i try to test that why would i try to be right here even though I believe no, I in the opposite direction. So, so on the same yeah. token, though, <laughs> pardon the pun on, on my side of things, you probably you don't follow these necessarily, I don't think, but casinos are very much the same way, right? In that they're probably somewhere in between cruise lines in that you're right, people don't have to go to casinos, but they do and they will. And you know what I mean? When sports come back, uh, all of us sports bettors are going to go back out from the market, back to where we came from over in, on betting uh, sports or whatever. And these things are, it's the, actually, it's the exact same in that on the same days when the airlines go up and the hotels go up and the cruise lines go up, the casinos go up as well. And the casinos have shuttered and the sports betting, the sports books and whatnot have all, you know, obviously have not, nobody has anything to bet on. And so it's, well, I'll tell you what, I would soon rather buy a casino before I buy Oh, a yeah, totally. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, it's I a... think it's baked into human culture. Yes. I think we... Of course. I think I think it's a lot like the real estate market now. Like, the real estate market's obviously taking a bit of a hit in terms of, you know, sales are down and listings are down because of what's going on. That's understandable. I think it's going to pop when this all ends properly. Yeah. The same way I, I would say casinos are going to pop when this right. ends properly. I don't think cruises are going to pop. Totally. I think a lot of people are going to say, eh, I'm not going on that Petri dish uh, with 2,000 <laughs> totally. people. No thanks. Like, Listen, this is, God yes. forbid something happens. Again. So I would lump casinos in with airlines where not necessarily now, and it's sort of right now it's a high fluctuation, you know, try to buy it low, try to buy, sell it high thing, but it's awfully risky because, mm-hmm. again, like you said, for the same reason that airlines are going to get, you know, a, you know all of their, you know, revenue and profits and all of that sort of thing, you know, aired out, it's going to look, look bad. bad. Yeah, it's going to look bad, but it, yeah. again, that's baked into the line. But it's April 6th, and by May 6th, it's going to look worse, right? And so there's going to be a point after May 6th, and I don't know if that's after June 6th, I don't know if that's after, after July 6th, we don't know, especially until we know a little bit more about when, again, sports come back, because I really do think that's, that's going to be the first sort of sign that we're getting back to normal. You know, casinos and airlines are going to be on the buy list, and they're not right now necessarily, right? You can look in, you know, pen gaming is at $11, well, and that was a stock that was $35 in January, right? And, one thing I've learned about human nature, and it, and it certainly plays true and actually another commonality I just realized between sports betting and stocks, is people have very short memories, yeah, in my opinion. Totally. It's human nature these days. It's, it's almost like our own personal baked-in defense mechanism, mm-hmm. not to overuse mm-hmm. that term, but it is. like We have short-term memories. With, with sports betting, people have short-term memories. Mm-hmm. 
they'll get burned, but then they'll get back on the horse if they're really into it. And they'll forget how they got burned making the same decision six months ago or three months mm-hmm. ago. And it's the same with, you know, if a stock price is baked in, if a company is getting beaten, then why is it when the quarterly earnings come out four months after that mm-hmm. quarter? And let's say now we're in November of 2020 and the, and the quarter, third quarter or second quarter numbers come out for Delta mm-hmm. or for the casino, then they're terrible. You would think, well, the stock, should, nothing should happen. We already knew all this. Nope, it's going to take right. a beat. And it's like, we've learned nothing. Our memories are very short. We, we don't remember. And that'll be, like and honestly, that'll be, the mo- that'll be the fascinating thing. For me personally, I will be long gone by then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I will get the bump. <laughs> no, I will on. get the bump. I will get the bump from when sports come back and flights start taking off and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, this is all, of course, theoretical. Um, but, you know, by the time that comes out, I don't know. And yeah, like, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily buy that as much because I think at least in this situation, this was so significant. And it's not like we'll be back to normal, normal, normal by November. You know, again, like, again, we'll, you know, we'll see. Anyway, we should, we should move on to sort of the next thing. I think numbers are going to matter less. Let me tell totally. you a general statement. Oh, that's what I mean. That. I think earnings are going to matter less. Yeah. When this whole I don't think they matter almost to none. none. And that's what I mean by these. The, they know, nowadays, type. they matter less than they, yes. they, they matter less than they and that's, They matter less than they should. But now more than ever, are those two statements yes. true? Less than they should and less than they used and, to. And, so when this starts getting better in a few months. Yeah you're going to see the market probably skyrocket. And don't be surprised if the S&P 500 or the you know, New York ends up sure. higher than where, when this whole thing starts. Well, and that's why I'm, and, and for lack of a better term, that's why I'm here, right? That's why I'm showing up with my pennies, right? Todd Gack style. The only thing I'll say is not every stock will, obviously, I know that sort of sounds sure. you know, self-explanatory. But that's why but some work is involved in researching. A lot this, of right? companies were heavily overvalued and that's, so those companies aren't going to recover yeah. fully or at yeah. all. My but point is other, the know. work that you need to do right now in the now, not the normal, the now is tracking, you know, the highs and lows and what, and what these companies are capable of and, and, and establish your buy prices and establish your sell prices. But the good mm-hmm. news for me is I can come in not knowing anything and I'm kind of on the same playing field as the people who have studied this for their whole life because like you said, the information for the next three months, for the only time in our lives, the next three months, the information matters very little, right? Cause it's yeah. all just, yeah. like you said, sentiment and COVID-19 yeah. based. Or Momentum. And so what yeah. I want to talk yeah. about with regards to COVID-19 is there are stocks as much as like we sort of watch these bop up and bop down and it is a very, it's like a mass exodus when they all go down and it's a mass enjoyment mm-hmm. when, they, when they all go up, but they don't all go up, right? It's like eight, 80, nope. 85% of them go up when it's going good. There are stocks that go up when everything else goes down and sort of, they're sort of pro COVID, right. right? And so my examples mm-hmm. are the, the, the mother of all examples, the famous one right now is zoom, right? Uh, I would say every quote unquote, everybody is doing something via zoom, right? Whether it's business, uh, you know, I'm doing drinks nights with friends. You know, I got, I, but nice. I was three hours of doing drinks and card games on just on zoom last Friday with my friends and we loved it. And we're going to do it again, probably this Friday, or at least, you know, coming up very soon. And so everybody's doing zoom and everybody's mm-hmm. doing zoom. And of course, zoom flies up. And it's up to, it's, you know, a, a stock that was sort of sub $100 flies up to $150. And then, of course, you watch these shows. Mm-hmm. And, and again, part of it is just, you know, common sense where you go, wait a minute, I'm not paying anything to use Zoom. 
why is the stock going up? It's not like people are throwing money at Zoom right now. They obviously have more eyeballs on them or whatever, whatever. But should that stock have gone up a full like $50? And of course the answer was no. And everybody on these shows, these CNBC shows and whatnot was like, no, it's overpriced right now. So don't get all caught up mm-hmm. in trying to, you know, follow the wave with Zoom. And of course, sure enough, Zoom falls, tumbles, all the way down to essentially, you know, the er, mid one fifteen like zone right now, where it's actually a little bit actually lower than right. that, right? One thirteen. One thirteen. Yeah, it even dipped. It even dipped below one ten yeah. today, and then and then moved back up. But right. the funny thing is, it moved back up when everything else moved down, right? So that that later part in the day when everything was moving down, Zoom. That's when Zoom moved back from one ten to one fifteen. Now, I don't know that it's ever going to get back to 150 because I think the sort of jig is up with regards to like, there's only so much monetization they can have from this. But the reality is the longer this goes, the more people are using Zoom. Now, the bad news from Zoom I saw today, and this is as businessy as I will get, is that I saw that Google is going to offer their what is normally a paid thing that is essentially Zoom's competitor. They're going to offer that for free, essentially cutting Zoom out at the knees. So as much as I would mm-hmm. say, oh, man, Zoom at 115, if they could get back to 125, 135, which if you just looked at the pattern sort of makes sense, that's when you throw in some actual business news and whatnot and go, oh, easy there, big fella. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do that. So Zoom's sort of the, the most popular one in that both everybody's using it and it's sort of been in the headlines with regards to, uh, you know, obviously a lot of these stock channels or whatever. And so you get, you've got... Here's the, here's the yeah. scary part. On January the 2nd, I'm just looking yeah. at the chart. Zoom was at 68. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. And so on January so it's 2nd, the, so it's still almost yeah. double. Well, not quite. It's but the it's, inverse it's of, so it, it, along with these other ones that I'm going to talk about, sort of break my model in that like all of my equations don't work for them, right? Because if the, if the high, if, if, if all of these stocks, I'm hoping, you know, that one day they get back to their January levels, right? Because their January levels are higher than what they are now. Zoom doesn't qualify because it's, their January level is way lower, right? Everything's flipped essentially upside down when it comes to Zoom. And other ones that are like it are Work, which is Slack. Like Work is the, is the code, but Slack is like that. Okay. Uh, NET, which is like, an, which is like a cloud software company. Um, and then you get some okay. of the, um, you know, sort of pharmaceutical type things, right? So uh, Alpha Pro Tech is one APT that every time the market has a good day, it goes down. Every time it has a bad day, it goes up because it is something that, you know, they make masks, right? And so it, if mm-hmm. every time there's a, you know, bad news, it's like, oh, let's get in on Alpha Pro Tech. Let's get in on... There's another one here, Amniel Pharmaceuticals. That one's just a two, three dollar stock that will fly up to four dollars when there's bad times, and then when the rally happens, it shoots back down into the high twos. And so, you know, these sorts of things. Abbott Laboratories is another one because they're working on a test. Um, and then, you know, we sort of switch over to the oil side of things. And there's a stock called NAT, N-A-T, North American Tankers. And this is kind of interesting because I saw, you know, it was sort of explained to me that tankers do well when oil prices are super low because we're still cranking out oil. We just don't have anywhere to put it. 
And so these tankers are where we put oil until it's able to get used. And if we've, there's just a ton of oil sitting around, these tankers are just like charging through the nose. You know, it's like real estate, right? It's like real estate for oil. If there's no, there's, you know, a ton of people who want to buy a house and there's nowhere to put all these people, like the market's going to go up. It's the same thing for tankers, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see it when like, in the market bounces back, North American tankers, or Nordic American tankers, I should say, goes back down to about 350. When, it goes, mm-hmm. when it's going badly for society, it goes up to 450. And so it's funny that there's these sort of like counterculture type stocks that are the five, well, 95 things are going down, these other five things are going up. And when those 95 things go up, like they did on Monday, these five things go down. It's just funny to sort of watch the, the swings and, you know, of yeah. that sort of thing. Again, I come back to a couple now, and I'm going to present a new sure. point quickly because you made me think of it. Just for the average listener out there, if you're buying stocks like this, and I'm not saying do or don't, it's sure. personal preference. I'm not here to give stock advice. That's certainly not, not I don't want to, yeah, full disclaimer, I don't no, want to no. get in trouble. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you're looking at a stock like yeah. NAT, because I pulled yeah. it up on my screen, the volume is pretty sure. low. So in the stock world, we would call that an e-liquid yeah. stock. So there's liquid and then there's e-liquid. E-liquid basically means it's not traded as much. And typically, and this would make this should sound like common sense, when you have a stock that's heavily traded that's very liquid, the spread mm-hmm. is thin. When you have a stock that's e-liquid, the spread is wide, meaning at any given point during the day, totally. the stock could be the highest, you know, it could be buying at 360 and it could be selling you know, sorry, you could be buying it at 325 and the sell price mm-hmm. is 380. And you're thinking, well, I don't like either of those. I want something in between, but yeah. it's not there for the taking because there's not a lot of, there's not as many yeah. buyers and sellers. No. So you sort yeah. of have to wait, which is risky, or you have to take either a price, you have to sell it at a price perhaps you, a little lower mm-hmm. than you want to, or you have to buy it higher than a price you want to because there's just not no one else selling yeah. it for less. And you're like, the heck with it. I and want that's it. the discipline so, where it's like, if it's not going the way you want it to go, or you have, you just have to just not. You have to ignore it for a little while. As long as people understand, once they're in it, they might not be able to get out as quick. That's sure. the main, I guess, message. When the stock's not very liquid, you can't sell it. As, you see. can always sell it, but you might not sell it for what you I want see. to yeah, sell it. Yeah, because there is there needs to be a buyer yeah, on the other it's not end. being. Well, uh, not only that, but a yeah, buyer that's what I mean. Price. At that at the price you know, that so you want, it, that could sit there. It could sit mm. there forever. Uh, and again, it comes back to the whole gold timeline yeah. risk tolerance thing. So. If your risk tolerance is low, you might get a little edgy watching. But oh man! And then it just keeps dropping and dropping. And you were hoping to sell it at three fifty, and then the next thing you know, it's below three, and you're like, oh, I should have just taken it at three twenty five. Yeah, kind of I mean, I bought it yourself, two weeks it, ago or whatever, and it was at three oh nine, and then I sold it at three sixty nine, and then I watched it go up to like four fifty, and I'm like, oh, you idiot! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like a, and then like four or five <laughs> days go by, and it's back down to like three forty below where I sold it. And it's funny, like, how I'm like, okay, good. I feel better about it. Even though, like, it still went to four plus, you know, like, that still happened. Mm -hmm. Like, I still missed out on selling it at at a higher price, even though it, you know, like, it coming back down underneath my price, like, made me feel better about the entire process, even though, like, it didn't change the fact that I missed out on selling it at four, whatever, so. Well, that's human nature when it comes to stocks. I'm sure it's the same with sports, but we love to torture ourselves. So it's, I track a lot of things that I shouldn't be yeah. tracking anymore because it's just torture. And you're just like, oh man, you're like, stop tracking it. Like I didn't, you know, you missed the boat, just <laughs> yeah. forget about it. Just, you know, like, oh, that, yeah. that's I can't take sale. this stuff off the watch so list. Either, it's staying on the watch list. It's yeah. very hard. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. very hard. 
But the COVID thing is interesting. I, I tend to steer away from it because again, yes, I'm a this is by far this, this is such a short thing. term. This is this is where you and I would differentiate. And on the flip side, yeah. you know, so for me, I want things that go high, go low, right? And I and I've there's a couple that I've sort of keep kept my eye on, and they are same deal where they are low volume, like very you know, up and down things. And one of them's on debt capital and another one's MFA, which is uh, like a financial, like mortgagey type thing. Right. And these things fly from mm-hmm. like 80. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all around a buck. Right. And they go from like 88 cents to a dollar 50 and then back again, dollar to two fifty, and then back again. It's a total roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And like, you really, mm-hmm. it's like, you literally have to get in and get out. Like you're robbing a bank essentially with, with these types of things. Right. <laughs> and that's something that you would never even yeah. look at because again, you're just trying to grab, you're looking to get good prices on good stock. So on the flip side, you and I have talked about hydro one, which is a great right. company that you believe has a ton of long-term potential for reasons that big favorite. Big of favorite. Yours. Big and fan. I don't, and I have nothing like I'm not arguing that in any way, shape or form. You're, I completely agree with everything that you're going to say about it. But for me, for the, the purposes of this exercise I'm doing right now, doesn't do me any good because it doesn't mm-hmm. have large sways. No. Right. And so in, as part of my no, model enough. and my, and my tracking um, spreadsheet here, if I pull up hydro one, and I go, okay, so post the crash, right? The highs of Hydro One are 26, like mid 26s, and, and the lows are low 24s. Well, that's only a 9% mm-hmm. sway between the two, right? Which isn't yep. going to do mm-hmm. me any good unless I'm literally catching it on the exact bottom and literally catching it at the exact top every single time. Now, is that a, is that a stock that I would mm-hmm. want to have starting soon? you know, say maybe four months from now, maybe when all this is over and I keep something back, I'd want Hydro One for the next 20 years. Is that fair to say? Right. Absolutely. I would, like I said, I full disclosure, I'm, I'm long Hydro One. I'm a big Hydro One fan. I bought it a long time ago. I bought more of it during this nonsense. So it's like, yeah, give me, give me yeah. Hydro One all day. But again, that's because I'm long term. If you look you know, it was a little bit overvalued before mm. this happened anyways, but long-term just because of it's, I, I'm, I, you know, again, this, this kind of goes against everything you're sort of talking about in terms of people that are just looking for yeah. an outlet temporarily, but anything, any business that's capital intensive, that's in other words, it's not easy. Like, even if you don't like the mm. business model, this is not like, can you, we just, can you and I just go and start, <laughs> like if we wanted to really start an Uber, sure. we probably could, right. Can you and I just go build, just go build a hydro network across <laughs> yeah. the country and just start take become competition. No, <laughs> Wish we could. Uh, and any, anytime you have a business where there's not a lot of competition and it, part of the reason there's no competition is because mm-hmm. there can't be because it's so diff it's so capital intensive and you could argue cruise lines are sort of in that family, but that's yeah. a whole different ballgame. But hydro one is a perfect example. Embridge. Is well, let me ask you, thing. what's the difference between um, hydro one and Embridge from a like stock standpoint? Well, there's a little more competition in the in the natural gas sector. First of all, there's less competition in the electricity sector. There's more competition in natural okay. gas. First of all, um, and there tends to and, and for the last few years, there's been more negativity around natural gas in terms of like there's been a lot of uh, court cases surrounding you know pipelines they wanted to build through native lands and things like that, and that's presented some problems for the company where it's delayed things, and of course that's caused the stock to have some problems and stuff. So. That would be probably the biggest difference. Whereas Hydro One is just full steam ahead. No one's they're like a locomotive mm-hmm. back in the day, and no one's going to stop them because they literally own most of the grid. And who's going to go and build a hydro mm-hmm. grid? You can't. Yeah. Like it's just 
I got a shovel. You need the, land. You need the money. We, we and, can do it. Yeah, like you no and I can do, do it. it. I got a shovel. That's why, like, not to, not to get off topic. <laughs> sure. if we're on utilities now, but like I mentioned to you the other day, yeah. and I'll say it on the podcast. A company that I like and I've been watching very closely is Fun right. uh, Cedar Parks. So, and 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 it's much for the same reason that I just said to you. They own basically all the big amusement parks in America. They even own our beloved mm-hmm. Canada's Wonderful. Okay, so how easy do you think it is to start right. an amusement park? I mean, <laughs> it's not my easy. shovel. Okay, my, like having a shovel alone, doesn't do us any good. No, you need you need hundreds of millions of dollars to buy the land. Sure. Then you got to build the park for many for many tens of millions. Okay, so this is not something. No one's going to just come along and say. And that's a stock where if you look at the chart. They were trading yeah. around 50 bucks and then just took a beating, went all the way down to like 13, high 12, something like that. And now they're, I think they're, they've been up. Right. And it's a very, that's a stock that anyone listening to this podcast might Well, and like, that's what I mean, right? right? Like and anybody like listening to this, if they get a, get the point is that there's a ton of different ways where there's a ton of different examples. And it's almost like, I don't, you know, 75% of them are literally like, yeah, it was at about 50. And I mean, it could, whether it's 50 or 100 or 200, you know, went down over 50%. And it's probably going to work its way back out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's the story and for that, all of a ton of these different I can't stocks. Think of a lot of examples, but that's a great example of one that I like for me. And I would like sure. if I was you okay. right now, because I see, I could see it has big swings, high volume again. And a lot of people, a lot of the reason it's trading so heavily now is because people realize, okay, number one, it is a cheaper stock, but people realize this stock took a beating probably well right. beyond what it should have because it has solid fundamentals. It pays a mm. really good dividend which is part of the reason a lot of now that dividend is probably going to get slashed significantly sure. at the next rate announcement, not to get too mm-hmm. like, financy, but it's it, the dividends based on the current stock price. So until it gets reannounced every quarter, it looks quickly, quickly for us. So news. What's a dividend? A dividend is essentially uh, money that's paid back to shareholders every quarter mm-hmm. or annually. So in other words, if a stock, if you buy a stock at $5 and it stays at $5 the entire time you own it, but you're collecting a dividend all the, all the way along. So you can either, it's paying you cash, a percentage mm-hmm. of the stock price of the company value, or you can collect it in what's called a drip where you directly reinvest it and you buy yeah. more shares of the company. So let's say you have it in a drip and you have a dividend and Hydra One pays a good dividend. That's one of the reasons it's a, it's a love stock. It, it's, it pays a solid dividend. It's, it's super reliable. It's not going anywhere. So if the stock price is $26 now, which it is, and it stays at 26 for the next 10 years and you decide to sell it, but all the while you're collecting 3.7% compounded right. annually and, and, and their dividend goes up every quarter, every year, if you, cause they forecast these dividends and companies like Hydro One, you could bet your life on it. If they say it's going to go up, it's going to go up. That's so one in of order, people of Enbridge. Pays a in high order dividend. to get the dividend. So in other words, you're collecting, and remember, mm-hmm. if you get in at a dividend, like I got in at some Enbridge recently at nine and a half percent. You're getting in at nine and a half. That's now right. compounded. So every t- every quarter, every year, you're gonna even if the stock stays relatively the same. And of course, the hope is that the overall stock price goes up. But let's just sure. assume it stays the same, which would be like kind of worst case scenario right. for a company like that. You're collecting this dividend all along the way. So when you go to sell it one day, you've got way sure. more shares to sell. Yeah, free shares so essentially. You might right? say, "Well, the stock price." Well, yeah, you're, you're looking there, going, "Wait a minute," and and dividend and they're which, all by the way, if you get free shares, so looking, that like that rebalances, right? Like that that effectively well it not only it not only cost affects average. your cost average yes and it could go up or down it could go up if the stock's going up mm-hmm. your cost average goes up but at the same time if you sell it in 10 years and the stock price just to make this an easy sure. an easy example is exactly the same you're sitting there going oh, i didn't make any yeah. money no you did because every quarter you got more shares of the company or money paid to you 
and that and and it was and again if you get more shares think about it now 3.71 percent is more sure. of a larger amount and so on and so forth and you keep doing this which is obviously mm-hmm. called compounding and you do it for 10 years by the time you get to the end you've got so many shares you've made a ton of money so in order really to qualify for a dividend do you just have to own the stock mm-hmm. at the time they release the dividend or do you have to like own it for a period of time or like how does it work Yes, you just have to own the stock. The only the only catch is there's what's called a, a an ex uh, an expiry oh. dividend date. So every dividend dividends mm. are paid every quarter, but different for every different date for every company, but around the same time. And there's a there's a deadline. So if you don't buy the stock before that deadline, then you're not eligible for the next one. You're eligible oh, for okay. the one after that. Okay, there you go. See, important stuff yeah. for our listeners. You know, if you look at any if you look at any any stock, like if you pull it up on Yahoo or whatever, you'll see there's a dividend, and then you'll see it says ex dividend date, like the oh, expiry. Okay. So the ex-dividend date is March 10th, 2020 for Hydro One. So if you didn't buy the stock before then, you wouldn't have gotten the ex-dividend payment. But if you buy it now, you'll get the one after that. So... Okay. Um, so let's, uh, let's yeah. wrap it up with one more sort of thing. Any right. sort of Canadian, for the, for the Canadian folk out there, uh, any more Canadian stocks that you sort of look at? Like, I mean, obviously for the airline thing, Air Canada has somewhat kind of mirrored what Delta and United have sort of been through, whether it's like going down quite a bit, having weird bump ups, Mm -hmm. like that's, and essentially that's kind of a really good example of what I mean by like, I don't have to do any sort of comparing between Air Canada and United and Delta the same way I would in the normal side of things in the now side of things. It's just like, they're all kind of doing the same thing. Like their shape, their line graph all kind of does the same thing. So like Air Canada is sort of an obvious one if you were going to do, you know, do the airline thing sort of down the road here as we get sort of closer to, you know, getting back to normal. Um, mm-hmm. Any other companies that, mm-hmm. in Canada that you sort of, you, that you like? Okay, well, on the Toronto Stock Exchange, mm-hmm. sticking to that one, I would say, um, and I'm trying to gear this towards because I've got a huge watch list, but I'm thinking, okay, if I'm one of your listeners and I'm thinking, yeah, this sounds this sounds interesting, I might want to get in on some short-term stuff. I think Air mm-hmm. Canada is a good yep. one, which is AC.co. Another two that I would love in, if I was in your shoes or long-term is uh, Equitable Bank, which is EQB.co or Home Capital Group, which is HCG, uh, HCG.co. So those two are in the same exact sector. They're B lenders mm-hmm. in Canada. Uh, so because I'm mm. in the real estate world, I'm very familiar with those companies and they've taken a bit of a beating, but had a really good year last year and interest rates are super low. So a lot of people are going to be seeking out money from these B lenders. So I think in the short term, you could see a big bounce back from EQB and HCG home capital because they are the number one and number two biggest B lenders. B lenders are the non big okay. basically that lend they only do mortgages. Right. They don't do personal banking. They just do mortgages for people that can't get a loan from the A lender or want a really cheap rate. And they've been doing very well okay. for a long time. Uh, for the last couple of years, I would say, maybe not a long time, but a year and a half or so, they've been having a nice bounce back from their lows and because uh, they had some trouble in, trouble with some things <laughs> I won't get into. And uh, I would look okay. at them if sure. I was one of your guys looking for a short-term play. Um I think what else what else is a good one? What about uh, in the uh, quote unquote weed game? Like we talked about Tilray as a US as a Canadian company that's in a US mm-hmm. stock. Uh, I've been looking at Aurora Cannabis as one. That's sort of a- Yeah. Well, full disclosure, I'm in the I'm in the okay. weed game as well. Uh, I've take I've taken it on the chin there. And that's a perfect example of where sometimes yeah. greed gets you. I bought it. I was up big time on some of these weed stocks. Right. But I didn't sell them. 
because it was that was coming back to what I said a long time ago on the podcast. I'm I have a there's a segment segment of my portfolio yep. that's for risk. So you just you 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 know, look, I'm going to take a risk and the hell with it. And that was them. And they went up big time. They were very volatile. And then they just came crashing down and they haven't really recovered fully. So I'm still down quite a bit. Are we talking Aurora Cannabis right now or something Uh, else? I'm talking Aurora Cannabis. We're talking, yeah, I've got Aurora. I've got Canopy Growth. Um, Tilray's one, but I wouldn't touch Tilray. I think in the weed sector, there's still too many companies. So I would only touch the big players. And the big players are weed, which is Canopy Growth, Aurora. Um, Who's the other guys? Uh, Kronos is a big one. The Green Organic Dutchman is a good one. Is a big one. Afria is a big one. They're all Canadian right. companies. Afria is A P H A. Kronos is C R O N, and then T G O D is the Green Organic Dutchman. Those are some of the big players. Um, are you familiar? Oh, I was going to suggest another no, one. No, go ahead if you want to. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. okay. It's, too, it's too risky. <laughs> too, too spicy. Well, there's no such thing as too spicy because again, <laughs> everybody remember we don't know what we're talking about here. So. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much does it for um, me. It pretty much does it as if we didn't just do a two-part epic stock podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. was fun, man. Like, uh, I've again, I've spent the last four thing. weeks essentially just glued to this whole brand new universe and then sort of seeing different elements of my quote-unquote old universe that I will hopefully one day be back to uh, has been really, really fascinating. Yeah. And I was just sort of sitting there. I've literally been sitting there for three, four weeks going, I got, I got to just, I got to talk to somebody. And I mean, you know, obviously yeah. with no sports going on for the podcast, there just hasn't been anything to really talk about. We just did a simulated March Madness that, you know, we did three different episodes basically on. And that was really, really fun. But it's like you can't simulate every sporting event ever. Like it doesn't really make any sense. And so I'm like, you know what? Like there's so many parallels here. And it's and if you're interested in sports betting and you've been listening to this podcast, then like there should be a ton of stuff that you can take from this. And if we're sort of dry for sports for the next three, four months, you know, this might be something that people are interested in. Again, not everybody, you know, part of the problem with all of this is that people don't just have money lying around to get in and get involved in this. And so, and I wouldn't necessarily have it either, you know, beyond sort of my long-term stuff that of course I have, but I wouldn't necessarily have it either if there were actual sports going on. And so it's like, okay, well, we've got this money. We don't really know what we're doing with it. And it's, you know, sports betting is pretty risky in general. So it's like, it's not like we're changing our risk you know, we're not assigning any different risk for this money than we were before. So, you know, it's sort of a natural progression. Um, and I think a really, really good time as we've basically alluded to over the course of essentially almost two hours of content here. So, um, yeah, man, yeah. thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you coming on being, uh, being a sounding board. A a, yeah, ton of good information. A lot of fun. It's always nice to talk yeah. about things you enjoy. So yeah, for me, this for me, it was easy for you. I'm sure it's a little bit more of a stretch. I'm sure you'd rather be It is a lot drier and the, and the programming is a lot, a lot more boring, but it is, but again, when you sort of dive in, it, it gets, it gets interesting a little bit quicker than, uh, than even I really expected it to. Yeah. So anyway, thanks again, pal. Yeah, this, there's uh, a lot of info. This was awesome. No problem. So, uh, as for everybody, hopefully you enjoyed yeah. this, um, sort of, off the beaten path, so to speak, uh, version of the podcast. Uh, don't know when we'll necessarily have another one, but uh, we'll come up with some different idea at some point. And who knows? A month from now, we may have to do another, another, another go at the at the stocks again. So, uh, until next time, everybody, we'll see you at the window.